Would you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. By the time that we pick up our scripture lesson for today, which comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, by now Jesus has finished preaching his first public sermon and has just come down from the mountain to begin his ministry in earnest. And thus, we see Jesus now beginning to move from place to place, from town to town, from home to synagogue. And in this particular passage, we see Jesus enter Capernaum and straightway visit the home of Peter, where Peter's mother-in-law was in bed sick with COVID-19. I made that part up. She, text says she's sick with some sort of fever. But Jesus, seeing her there in her sickness, touches her, and immediately she is made well. The fever is gone, the illness is gone, and she pops up and she begins to serve him. And that's that. Except... Once word spreads that someone has performed one miraculous healing, well, then everyone wants a miraculous healing. And thus, by evening of that same day, all sorts of afflicted folks were coming to Peter's house. The sick, the lame, the mute, the psychologically disturbed, the injured, the maimed, you name it, all were coming or being brought by others to Jesus for healing. And according to the text, Jesus heals them, about which Matthew writes, quote, this was all done to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. All of this healing, Matthew says, was done to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah had spoken. Now, we've reflected for three weeks in a row on what the prophet Isaiah had spoken, which is to say on the vision that had originated in Isaiah's mind some 800 years before the time of Jesus. And that vision, as we have discussed, concerns the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. That vision is of a coming reality in which all that is broken on earth is finally restored. That vision is one of a future state of thing in which war and suffering and death have been done away with and in which sickness and pain and impairment have been healed and made whole. And this vision, we have said, was not merely in the mind of the Israelite community a pretty picture, was not for them some utopian fantasy. Instead, as we have pointed out, the Israelite community truly believed that this reality would one day come to pass. And what's more, 
They believed that the promised Messiah would herald its coming. And so, 800 years later, when Matthew writes in this passage that, quote, this was done to fulfill what Isaiah had spoken, we need to understand. Matthew does not mean that these specific healings were done to fulfill one specific prophecy, as if these acts of healing were one among many things Jesus needed to check off of his prophecy-fulfilled checklist. No, instead, Matthew is saying that these acts of healing that Jesus performed, along with the countless other acts of healing that he performed and the countless other miracles that he performed, Matthew is saying that these were done as examples, as here and now examples of the coming kingdom's inbreaking into this present broken state of things. In other words, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law was not done simply to show Jesus' power, not done simply to prove something about who Jesus really was. Instead, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law was done primarily to instantiate and to foreshadow how all things will be come the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, all fevers and sicknesses will be healed and all will be well. That is how things will be. Thus, here is one isolated example of a future universal reality. Likewise, all of those who were afflicted with psychological maladies and who were touched and made whole that night by Jesus, these healings too these were not simply done to dazzle the crowds or to build for Jesus a following. Instead, these were done to instantiate and to foreshadow a coming reality in which all psychological maladies will be healed and made whole. You see, the point here is an enormously important point. When Matthew says that these remarkable acts were done to fulfill what had been spoken, Matthew is saying that Jesus was, in each act of healing, momentarily embodying and bringing about, in the present, in local isolated ways, that which Isaiah said would one day come to pass for all redeemed humanity in the future. You follow that? The injured, the maimed, all of these healed forever in the coming kingdom of God. Here's an illustration to help underscore the point. At our house right now, there are a few daffodils that, due to the warmer weather we've recently been experiencing, have just begun to bloom. Now come the fullness of spring, we will have an abundance of daffodils. We always do. But for now, they're just a couple that have begun to peek through. And just the other day, as we were backing out of our driveway, Wit said to me, Daddy, look at the flowers. 
To which I said, yeah, buddy, aren't they beautiful? Soon enough, there'll be tons of flowers just like that. Well, these healings of Jesus, these are but the initial daffodils of spring. These are but harbingers, signposts, prefigurations, anticipations of the way things will be for all come the consummation of that grand vision that began with Isaiah, which is to say, come the consummation of the kingdom of God. Yes, this, Matthew writes, of these healings, of all healings, this was done to fulfill what had been spoken, what was anticipated. Now, this is a lovely idea, no doubt. And the sooner that we understand that Jesus' miracles, and so much more than that, that Jesus' entire life, death, and resurrection were not performed in order to prove how powerful Jesus was or to help demonstrate he really was, in fact, God, but that instead all was done to, in his singular person, embody the vision that had long before been cast by the Israelite prophets concerning what God has in store for the world's future. Well, the sooner we understand that, the better. But here's the thing. Understanding that is not enough. For the point of Jesus momentarily embodying it and pointing forward to it was to clarify and to focus for us our own ways of living and being as God's people. Greater things even than these will you do, Jesus said to his disciples as he announced to them the coming of the Holy Spirit and their vocation as his followers. Greater things even than these that you've seen me do will you do. And he meant that. And what's more, and what's to the point of this sermon, dear family, he means it still. That vision of a just world, that vision of a peaceful world, that vision of a healed world, that vision of a world restored. We, like Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called today to, in small, local, isolated ways, instantiate and anticipate that coming reality. Greater things even than these will and can we do. Sure, we can't bring forth all the daffodils of spring. That's for God to do. And make no mistake, God in the fullness of time will do it. But we can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, help aid a flower to blossom here and there in spring anticipation. Which is to say, if someone we know is sick, we can help them access medicine or care or counsel. Just as if someone we know is psychologically afflicted and suffering, we can help them find resources and support and professional care. Likewise, we can advocate for fairer policies in this world and for more just living arrangements. 
We can provide food for the hungry and we can welcome the stranger so that he or she doesn't feel so isolated and alone. Yes, dear family, we can wipe tears from the eyes of a grieving friend. We can literally do that. And we can lend resurrection hope to someone wandering in the valley of the shadow of death. For make no mistake, dear family, the kingdom of God is indeed coming. And soon and very soon, God's eternal spring will prevail. Isaiah's vision will come to pass. The words of the prophet will be fulfilled. And the things that Jesus said and did are signposts and prefigurations of that truth. And all thanks be to God that they are. But that being said, greater things even than these, said Jesus, will we do. And ought we to be doing as signposts and prefigurations of that coming kingdom. And so then, leaning on and trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit through us, let us endeavor to, like Jesus before us, fulfill what has been spoken. And all God's people said, Amen. And I will now be.